0: Well, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, Welcome to this very, very special occasion in the life of Shepherd of the Desert Lutheran Church and School. This is historic, and it is wonderful. It is intentional that we are gathered here for a worship service. Uh, When the early apostles were selecting a 12th disciple, they gathered in worship. They gathered in prayer. And so, uh, what we want to do today is much more than a business meeting. It's much more than merely a vote. It is calling upon God uh, to make His will uh, clearly known to us, uh, His people gathered here in this sanctuary. So, thank you for being here. Uh, Welcome to this service as we seek God's will. Let us begin as we always do in remembrance of our baptism in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We invite the Holy Spirit to be present among us as we sing, O Holy Spirit, enter in.
1: Our first reading for today comes from the book of Romans, chapter 10, beginning at verse 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. We sing.
0: Our second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, in which he points out that pastors are given as a gift from God to the church. Ephesians 4. Paul says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is the word of the Lord. We bow our heads in prayer. Oh God, we are here about your business. And Lord Jesus, you are indeed the Lord. Of the church and so we dedicate this service and this day and this congregation to you we call upon you to send your Holy Spirit among us this day to reveal to us your will O oh God when it comes to the person who will serve as senior pastor here at Shepherd of the Desert Lutheran Church and school we want only what you want And so make your will clear. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. At this time, I want to uh, welcome Pastor Tom Daly, who serves as pastor at uh, uh, Trinity Lutheran Church in Fountain Hills, Arizona. He has served as our district representative, as our circuit visitor during the process of the the call deliberation. And he has worked with our call committee for over a year now. And he is going to bring the message for us this afternoon. Pastor Daly.
2: Thank you, Pastor Allen. And to you, the members of Shepherd of the Desert, what a privilege and a pleasure it is to be with you today. May the blessings of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with us as we meditate on his word this morning. Or this afternoon, I'm sorry. Mindset it's hard to break. Back when I was about 19 years old, I realized that I was quick running out of money to afford college. And so I had to have a new game plan. And the game plan was I was going to drop out for a year, get a full-time job, save up enough money, and be able to pay for the next two years. It worked out really well. I actually got a job with a great American corporation, the Keebler Cookie Company. No, exactly right, the little elves, the hollow tree, the magic ovens, and it was a great job. I'd love to tell you I made a lot of dough. (laughs) Sorry, you can groan. But one thing that job did for me is it taught me a great many lessons that, well, have been very valuable as I've served the church, particularly in the ministry. One of the most important lessons I learned my very first day on the job. I was called to an orientation and training session, and there was a district manager, and he gathered a whole bunch of new hirees in a a room, and he started by telling us a story. He said, you know, a long time ago in England, there was a company that manufactured shoes, and they wanted to increase their market. And so they hired two salespeople, and they sent them to the interior of the continent of Africa. Here these two salesmen went, an order book in one hand, the old suitcase with samples in the other, and that strange little thing by which they measure your feet, and off they went to Africa. And they were gone in the interior for just about a month. And at the end of that first month, both of these salespeople sent telegrams back to the home office. The board of directors gathered together to read those telegrams, and they were surprised by the first. This is exactly what the individual wrote. He wrote, This has been a waste of time. Stop. These people don't wear shoes. Stop. No opportunity for growth at all. Stop. I'm coming home. Stop. And then the board of directors opened the second telegram, and they were equally surprised. Because this individual wrote, Increase factory capacity immediately. Stop. Everybody here needs shoes. Stop. Limitless possibilities. Stop. Expect big orders coming soon. Stop. And then that district manager looked at us, and he said, so what kind of salesman are you going to be? That question has been with me From the very beginning, and I'll tell you each and every Sunday in Fountain Hills, I rehearse that question because I have a a route I take from my house to the church, and as I'm going to church to hold services, I get to drive through a golf course. It's got holes on both sides of the main road, and I get to drive right by a brand new standalone Starbucks, and do you know what I see every Sunday morning? I see scads of golfers playing golf, and I'll guarantee you they're not sneaking nine in so they can go back and shower and then go to church. And I drive by Starbucks. Even when it's 100 degrees, it's jam-packed full. You can't find a parking spot in the parking lot. There are people sitting outside. There are cars in the drive through and they're not going to church either. And when I see these two sites, I always ask myself, so what kind of salesman are you going to be? I mean, these are ripe opportunities. These are people who truly do need to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think that's what Paul had in mind when he wrote to the Romans in the 10th chapter. He started out by saying something, well, something that was sublime. He said, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Pure gospel. The greatest gift that could ever be given. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call if they don't know him? And how can they know him if nobody preaches? And how can anyone preach if nobody sends them? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. That's Paul, a very enthusiastic, positive salesman. But did you read the last half of that reading? He quotes again from Isaiah. But who's listening to us? Who's believed what we've had to say? And Sunday after Sunday, that's what I wrestle with. There are all these people who need to hear the good news of God's love in Jesus Christ, but how many of them, how many of them will actually listen? It's into that context that you are calling a senior pastor. It would be wonderful if everyone he chatted with gave him their ear. It would be glorious if everyone he talked to gave their heart to Jesus Christ. But you and I know that isn't going to happen. You are calling somebody to, at times, a very frustrating ministry. To know that you have such good news, such an important message to share. And so many people don't want to hear, don't want to listen. And that's not just outside. Let's be honest with each other. That's inside the church too. You are calling someone to bring to you the full counsel and wisdom of God. And are you always ready and are you always willing to listen and to heed it? Again, to the Ephesians, Paul wrote, God gave gifts to the church. Among those gifts were pastors and teachers. And what are they pastoring and teaching about? About equipping the saints? About empowering God's people to be in ministry? I know you all realize this, but you're not calling someone to lead the ministry for you. You're calling someone to lead the ministry With you. You are committing yourselves to being a part of that ministry effort. And that's hard to do. It's hard to do each and every week. Have you ever really thought about this? You drive to church, it's Sunday morning. You pull your car into the parking lot, and there is that little bit of time between when you turn the ignition off and you open the car door. When was the last time you said to yourself, who am I going to serve this morning? Who's going to need me? As opposed to the last time you said, I sure hope the service is good today. I mean, I want an interesting sermon and and lively music and great fellowship. I want these things for me. That's being ministered to but how many times do we actively think about how we are going to engage in the ministry itself? I don't know which campus all of you worship on, but if it's here, when you walk through those doors, do you automatically know where you're going to sit during a service? I mean, is there a place that you've sat in so long that the cushions have kind of conformed to the uniqueness of you? And there might as well be a little plaque, Tom and Nancy sit here, and David and Phyllis sit there. We know exactly what we're going to do. When was the last time you walked into God's house and looked around and looked for a face you didn't recognize? Or maybe somebody who looked just a little lost, or maybe a little confused by the intricacy of Lutheran liturgy. Somebody who actually needed you not to be there, but to be with them. A face, a smile, a welcome, an acknowledgement, an act of ministry that tells somebody they are important, they are special to us and to the God we serve. Same thing could be true of fellowship after church. When you leave here, Do you make a beeline for the coffee and the donuts because you know the donuts you get early are the freshest? And do you find your friends? People you already know and you're comfortable talking to and you like seeing. Or do you actually go out and look for somebody who needs a friend or needs to be befriended? That is the ministry. Maybe the most challenging thing that Paul wrote, he wrote at the very beginning of that reading from the Ephesians. He said, strive to keep the the bond of unity in the spirit and in the bonds of love. Again, I don't care what campus you are a part of. When you set foot on that property, is your first thought, the thing I want to accomplish is to build the unity we have in the spirit Or do you think about what you want to say, what you want other people to know, what you want them to be doing, or how right you are and wrong they are? Because if that's where you're headed, that's not building the unity we have in the spirit. That's dividing us. Who wants to be part of a conflicted, divided body? Now, I don't want you to think you're being preached at because you are not. You are not. In fact, Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Alan and I would come out and sit in those pews with you under the scrutiny of God's word because we fall victim to it every time too. We know when we've stumbled. We know when we've fallen. We know when we have failed. And it does us no good all here together For us to simply say to one another, well, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We know that. Our problem is not generic sin. Because when you talk about generic sin, you end up talking about a generic savior. And generic anything never thrills the soul. You are calling a senior pastor to come into your midst to scratch and uncover the sin that infects our lives. And that is ugly work, people. You're asking him to turn over stones and look under rocks for everything that is putrid and nasty. And not in you. You're asking him to start with himself. Because no decent sermon has ever been preached that hasn't first been applied to the life of the person who's preaching it. He's going to have to look at himself. And he's going to have to be specific, and that is terrible work. But he has an advantage. He has an advantage over you. You'll come here and you'll hear sermons. But he'll have heard the good news before you did. Because part of his work and his study Part of the intimacy of his prayer life is just this. God, I recognize my sinfulness and I repent. Jesus, heal me. Forgive me. Take away this spot and this stain. Make me whole again. And Jesus does. That is what gives the thrill of the ministry to all of us who serve. Did you ever ask yourself how in the world Pastor Allen and Pastor Jeremy can get here every week with joy in their heart, a smile on their face, a spring in their step? It's right here. They've already gone through the process. You are asking someone to come in and lead for you. They've identified sin, they've repented, and they've been blessed by the grace of their Savior. And that's what makes a difference. Every time any of these pastors step before you, they are so filled by the grace and love of God in Jesus Christ that they are ready to burst if they don't say something. And you get to hear them. And you get to feel the same joy and to be filled with the same power and energy until you too are ready to burst unless you can declare it unless you can share it in your community, into the world. And that is the unity we have in the spirit and the bond of peace. That is what brings us together and makes us unique in this world. It is into that uniqueness, into that privilege, into that glory, you are calling a senior pastor to be with you. Now, it's hard for me to see you guys from over here. I know Pastor Allen and I know Pastor Jeremy. They're friends of mine. I love them and I respect them as my coworkers in the kingdom. I also know what kind of salespeople they are. I don't know personally either of the candidates that you are considering today. But they are my brothers in Christ, and my co-workers in the ministry, and for that reason, I love and I respect them, and this much I know. I know what kind of salesmen they are. In a few minutes, when you make your selection and you as a congregation are ready to issue a divine call, asking one of them to come and serve as your senior pastor, you are sending more than just a call, You're sending an invisible telegram. And these gentlemen, they know how to read those kinds of telegrams. This is the telegram you are sending. We are increasing capacity for the ministry. Stop. People in our community and in our church need to hear the message that only you can provide. Stop. Incredible opportunities. Stop. Expect great things to happen. Don't stop. That's right. Don't stop. For the sake of the gospel, your congregation, this community, don't stop. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in faith. Through Christ our Savior. Amen.
0: In a few moments, we're going to engage in a time of quiet meditation uh, with uh, light music in the background. And when you came in today in your bulletin, There was included this uh, blue information sheet about the two candidates. I'm going to invite you to take this out and during our time of meditation to be looking this over and prayerfully uh, contemplating the information that is here as we uh, seek prayerfully uh, the Lord's will on the vote that is going to be taken today. Following the time of meditation, our congregational president, Tom Englert, uh, will come forward and call the meeting to order we take a time of quiet prayer. I would like to invite our congregational president, Mr. Tom Angler, to come forward and call the meeting to order, please.
3: Good afternoon. I hereby call this meeting to order. What I'd like to do first is Thank Pastor Tim for that amazing message. Would you agree? I see a bright future for that man in this business. That was outstanding. I would like to uh, share with you some words from Martin Luther from the year 1530. It's a long time ago. There is no dearer treasure nor any more precious thing on earth or in this life than a real and faithful pastor or preacher. He does great and mighty works. He seeks to inform and instruct those people in his care, comfort and advise those who are troubled, help to maintain peace and to settle differences, teach obedience, morals, discipline and honor. By his work and by his word, the kingdom of God is maintained in the world. So too are kept the name and the honor and the glory of God, the true knowledge of God, the right faith and understanding of Christ, the fruits of the suffering, blood and death of Christ, the gifts and works and power of the Holy Spirit the true and saving use of baptism and the sacrament and the right and pure doctrine of the gospel remarkable words from Martin Luther at this time would everyone take their ballots mark your ballots and then we will pick them up and count them and move forward.
0: While the ballots are being counted, we're going to sing this great hymn of the church, The Church's One Foundation.
3: Have the results. Pastor Scott Seidler, 98 votes. Pastor Jim Henkel, 11. Pastor Seidler is your choice. Congratulations. That's uh, 90% of this congregation that, uh, of you voters that, uh, that chose Pastor Seidler. And what is customary at this time is for a unanimous vote from all of you to support calling Pastor Seidler. So if I may, with a show of hands, would you all raise your hands in support of Pastor Scott Seidler? Thank you. Now, I think the next step is for Pastor Tom to actually go phone Pastor Seidler to give them this call. Do a really good job with this, Pastor Tom. (laughs) I would, uh, while he's doing that, and and I think Pastor Allen talked about doing a little entertainment in this downtime here. (laughs) A little soft shoe, but I would like to thank just a few people, I guess more than just a few people, but the entire call committee, who did an outstanding job of certainly. <laughs> they, worked, uh, they worked a long time to make this happen. And, and I, I think it's pretty amazing when you think about the unanimous agreement that was uh, agreed upon between the call committee the board of directors, the executive staff, the pastors to recommend Pastor Seidler. That was quite an accomplishment. And, and, uh, but I also want to thank all of you because, as you recall, this all started with our questions to you about a year ago. And what do you want this pastor to be? What are those traits? What are those attributes that you want to see as our senior pastor at Shepherd of the Desert moving forward? And I think. Having been a small part of this process myself, I truly believe we are calling a pastor that will do remarkable things for Shepard. And uh, so congratulations to all of us. Now it's, uh, shortly will be in Pastor Seidler's hands, and uh, I will step down and, and where do we go from here? Are you up? Pastor Jeremy's up.
2: I hope I get a chance to meet you. Um, we kind of have a connection. I'm going to do
1: the... Oh. Can you shut his bike off, Vern? Yeah. Wow, <laughs> wow live and in person. That would have been great. I kind of want to turn it back on. <laughs> Don't do that, Vern. Let's take a moment, please, uh, to go to our Lord in, in prayer. Oh, gracious Father... Uh, You led your holy apostles to ordain ministers for the proclamation of your word through faithful administration of the sacraments, and we applaud you in this process and now ask that your Holy Spirit reside on Pastor Seidler and upon our congregation, that your will will be done, that we will continue to give you thanksgiving and proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in everything that we have done. Uh, Lord, we give you the praise in all of this. Uh, Lord, even thinking of that message that we heard today from Pastor Daly, how inspiring it is to know that we are all a part of this, that you look upon us and give us the privilege and honor of delivering your gospel message to people who surround us. Lord, let us give you that praise and that glory in everything we do, in whatever your will is in this scenario, knowing that you move us forward as your people, with your message, with your mission, In Jesus' name we humbly pray, amen.
3: Pastor Tom just informed me that Pastor Seidler is very interested in the call. He will be praying about this call. And at the same time, and God moves very quickly, there was a note next to the phone as Pastor Tom made this call. And it says Pastor Seidler has been in deep prayer already about this call and plan to be a Shepherd on this Thursday, this Thursday, June 27th, at 7 p.m. here for a meet and greet town hall as part of his discernment process, if chosen. He now has been chosen. He will be accompanied by his wife Renee and two of his three children. We welcome all to join us again for that meeting to meet Pastor Scott in person. How's that for things happening quickly? Isn't that great? (laughs) Awesome. Please pray for Shepard and please pray for Pastor Seidler. I'd like to adjourn this meeting and have Pastor Allen come up for a closing prayer. Thank you.
0: As I was contemplating what to do for a closing prayer, I thought it would be most fitting since we are a family together, that we stand as a family, that we reach across the aisles and join hands as a family, and we join in the family prayer, the family prayer that Jesus himself taught us to pray. And if I might, I just might jump right in here and join you. Let's join in the prayer Jesus taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, it would be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. And the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Amen.